What is going on, good people? I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Eric, the Pathfinder Marketing Fashnacht. Uh, we are here to uh, to bring some value, as always, when Eric and I get in the room. We're going to talk sales, marketing, production. But more importantly, I want to talk about this painting business that you started, um, which is, uh, is, is a unique story. And I don't think you've shared much of the journey on this podcast. So give me a recap, man. Tell me Tell me what's going on in this in this painting business that you started. Um, yeah, give me the give me the scoop on that. Yeah, man. Um, well, we started a painting business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we started a painting business back in April. Um, it was a long time coming. A lot of ideas we had on just seeing different ways to do things, um, to do things a little differently, and things that, fortunately or unfortunately, we couldn't really test easily through you know, our clients and partners, they were things we right. needed to, it was just going to be way easier if we just had our own vehicle to do that. So, right. Um, I, I align with that very well. That company in April. Sorry, you got Siri popping up over here thinking I'm talking uh. to her. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we started the painting business. Like I said, a big premise of it was to do virtual sales and do a lot of pieces of it virtually. Um, I was originally planning to just launch the company from Mexico. That's where I was at the time. I was hanging out there. And I, I wasn't even planning to come back to Cleveland to launch it. I was just, hey, got some family members there. Something goes wrong. They can they can pick it up. You talked some sense into me, Tanner, and told me, uh, go back home for at least the first couple months. Just just for a couple months. Get the team in place. Meet those subcontractors in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thankful I did because um, the next several, several, several months were just a, a shit show, for lack of better terms. Um, not in terms of... The sales process, ironically, like the virtual sales and everything worked kind of, I mean, it's humbly, but exactly as I expected. It just, it flowed. It, it worked. Didn't really have many hiccups there. Um, the production side is what just kicked my butt for the longest time. Um, subcontractors, we finally pivoted to W2s, probably like, I don't know, September last year or something. That still kicked my butt for a few months. And now we're to the point where We've got a really great project manager leading the ship. We've got some amazing painters on the team that are talented, that lead the culture, that love it, that love what we're doing. Um, and we finally have like a really solid painting business. Um, obviously, I condensed 10 months into a few sentences. but <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 let's talk because I want to know like, all right, so you, you start a painting business from the outside looking in. You're a marketing agency owner. Um, and you started this painting business. What were you surprised about in terms of like things that maybe you thought weren't as difficult as maybe like when someone would come to you with a problem in their business, you'd be like, man, why? Like, come on, man, like figure that out. Like what are some things that you were surprised of, of like how some of the areas of difficulty in the painting business? Definitely the management of painters. Um, I mean, it's two things, right? The management of painters and the recruiting of painters. And it's not even that I think it was incredibly, incredibly difficult, you know, this tall task I think people often make it out to be, but it was, it was definitely different. Like it was a different challenge. You know, I, I'm used to recruiting overseas team members and office team members that work online and make, you know, five grand a month or more, yeah. or, you know, sometimes six figures. It's just, it's different than hiring that blue collar person that makes three grand a month ish right? At least, I mean, in, in Cleveland, right? It's just different. And it took, that, that was a bigger learning curve than I anticipated in managing those people and some of the nuances and stuff that comes with it. Um, that was certainly more difficult than anticipated. 
for sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, like to hear the dynamics of how you are, um, you know, balancing like the different types of personalities from like blue collar world to white collar world, man, it's it's hard. And I think you have had your fair share of experience of uh, <laughs> employee turmoil, right? Like those things that like you didn't have yeah. to deal with ever car breaking down, lying about car breaking down. Mm. Tell me some other things that you've been through that like, you're like, dude, like, like the car insurance issue you had to deal with. Like you've been through it, dude. Yeah. Like you, I think you have, yeah. I just want to make this clear. You've <laughs> earned your stripes. You've honestly earned your stripes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, like you are yeah, allowed no, to I come did. to the Sherwin Williams <laughs> party at the PCA now. Ooh, I don't, people will definitely still kick me out because, uh, because <laughs> I'm a vendor I'm serious. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I definitely have, um, yeah, I've had some, some crazy stories and it, it was that right. Like I, in a way I'm thankful I had some of those stories cause it, it condensed the learning curve. Right. I'm thankful it didn't just, that didn't work right off the, the yeah. rip because I got to have those experiences and learn those lessons quickly. Yeah. I mean, at one point we had four painters and uh, yeah, we had like four painters or maybe three painters and a project manager and all green, no experience. Cause I was going to teach them how to paint. Me being the incredible painter I am, I say that you know sarcastically. I I can, went to I'm one gonna... paint it forward campaign. I did some painting with my brother in some some beat up rentals years ago. I, I understand yeah. the premises of of cutting and rolling walls, but I, I'd be an apprentice in my own company right now, yeah, for sure, right. But I was like, we're just doing walls, we're interiors. This isn't that hard. I watched some YouTube videos. I talked to some people. I was going to teach painters. Uh, which was just a horrible decision in and of itself. Yeah. But even then, within that decision, yeah, at a certain point, you know, one person who was supposed to be able to drive the van, our insurance came back and said, oh, they couldn't because these things they forgot about. Even though we screened and asked everybody in the interview process and made sure you'll be able to drive a vehicle, you have a valid driver's license, et cetera. And at one point, we ended up with, like I said, four painters or three painters and a project manager and nobody able to drive the van except for me. <laughs> so... I'm You're driving, driving the, the job site. Oh yeah, my I'm, I'm driving it, teaching some people how to paint, coming back here to the office for a few hours, running the marketing company, stopping back, grabbing the materials from them. And yeah, I, uh, I've, I've done all of that. It was, it was, it was brutal. Um, you know, to your point, then I had a point where we had hired two painters. They were both supposed to start on a Monday. We actually scheduled in a training day where we actually went to my parents' house, um, and we were going to paint a few of their rooms as like training because one of our apprentices really needed it at this time we had just hired one of our very experienced painters who's still with us today and, and really moving things forward for us so we're like we're going to do some training and bring these two new people in training day build some morale it'll be great neither of those two team members ended up starting that day and on friday they were both supposed to start you know the one Wait, so they didn't show up right it was a no show right no the one messaged me like Sunday that he took another job for a dollar or so an hour, right. which just in hindsight now, this was such a big lesson I learned in our recruiting process because through our bonus structure we do, he would have made way more with me, but he didn't remember that because it wasn't sold to him properly in the interview. Sure. Now we have a whole extra like 20, 30 minutes we'll add on to the interview. Those people aren't forgetting and they're excited for their first day. Um, and then the other gal was supposed to start. She messaged me at like 7.30 that morning on her first day. They mentioned she had some car trouble. She got a flat tire. So I was like, hey, all good. You know, I'll, I'll send you an Uber. But she wanted to stay with her vehicle because 
you know, it, uh, the last time the mechanic screwed her over. So she was really nervous uh. about it. So I was like, Hey, that is understandable. I, I do understand that. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you just, we're still getting to know each other. It's your first day. As you can imagine, send me a, just send me a photo of the, of the tire. Oh my God. I forgot a, about this. bro. Do you remember this? Yeah. Cause you, you <laughs> helped me through this, bro. Yeah. yeah send fun. me a photo of the tire and That's send cool. me, uh, the triple A receipt and y'all see you tomorrow. Right. And she sends me the most obviously Photoshop things in the world. I think Tanner, I sent it to you and you reverse Google image searched it. And it came back to like the first image on Google and whatever. And yeah, Dude, I messaged her back and said, Hey, you, you, you won't be photo <laughs> of a pop tire off of Google. And it looks so fake to me. I put it in Google and it was the first one. I mean, at least scroll down to page two and grab well, one. Well, dude, I knew it was fake too, because the popped tire. So she said, yeah, they put a donut on it for now or whatever. The pop tire she sent me had five lug nuts and the replacement they put on had four. I'm like, oh I promise, you know, I'm not a mechanic, but they didn't do like a hub swap assembly on the yeah, side yeah, of the road, yeah, yeah. I promise. Like, Holy cow, man. So like, so, so you yeah. had some adversity with employees, like, and I remember you were so gun set on like subs. It was like sub or snub, man. It was like, well, dude, that's not, no, like, it was almost you like those... you were Eric's subcontractor fashion act. It wasn't like, and that was, was the no plan. room. That was the plan. And what, like, what in retrospect, like, how satisfied are you with the switch? And like, do you think, do you think that was the move? In hindsight, yeah, because now, now we have our production really, really dialed in, and it's incredibly fulfilling and it's awesome. But yeah, you, you heard those couple stories. That doesn't even include all the subcontractor nightmares. I mean, we spent a month on an exterior. That is not a big exterior. It was only three sides of the house. It was like a two thousand dollar project. But just because yeah. we had so many problems and this subcontractor yeah. not showing up and all sorts of issues, man. Um, but yes, in in hindsight, I'm very happy with where we we ended up. Um, what kind of made me finally go that route was was talking with you and you telling me like, hey man, like like it's just it's more fulfilling. And you were like, go look at my reviews. They all talk about our painters and how awesome our painters were. And they list them by name. And you're like, some of these guys, this was you talking about your team at the time, right? You were saying some of these guys have their lifelong friends here. Some of these guys have known for two, three, four years, they've been able to buy cars and houses and stuff because of me and this business and what it's done. And I related to that from the marketing company, right? And as I got thinking, I was like, dude, what are what are skill sets I've developed? I'm lucky enough to come in with business experience, right? It's not the first business. So I had three and a half years of business experience at the time of starting the painting company. Yeah. What are skill sets I developed over the time? Well, yes, marketing and sales. We also built a pretty decent team over on the marketing side, right? right. I think that's one of the things people have loved working with us at the marketing company, just how awesome our team is. And they're like, dude, how do I right. build a team like that? Like these, these right. dudes fucking love each other. They're family <laughs> and, they, and they're awesome and they're talented. And I think that's one thing we got good at was building culture and developing people. Yeah. And I was like, I can do that more with W2. So let me, let me take a stab at it and lean into it. And we've gotten to, to do that a lot more now. And it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to see. So. Yeah, man, you're a culture guy. You've always been that way. I mean, the company trips and the things that you do for your marketing agency. I mean, it made sense. And I, I think you can you can create culture with subcontractors, but it's not it's not the same. It's hard. Um, it's harder. You have this strategy that you're doing this W two bonus structure, uh, which is yeah. which is really cool. You have a, a training coming up. 
I don't know if this podcast will release in time, but I think you're going to probably maybe record it or whatever, or just yeah, maybe yeah. do it again or refine it. Um, but tell me about what this is and how it's helped. Like, I mean, I think that's a, I mean, it's a very curious topic, man. I think a lot of people, whenever you post yeah. about it, people are interested. You've got a bunch of people signed up for this training. What is like, what is this and, and why, how has it helped you? Yeah. So it has, it's been a hot topic and I knew just again from the marketing company, one of the things I've tried to set up for every team member is performance-based pay in some way or another. Not not just for our sales team, but for everybody, right? For some, it's a bigger portion of their pay than others. You know, For some, it's just small incentives, but a way to incentivize them to win and make more money, right? I've worked with a... Uh, I call her like my leadership people strategy coach. She's built a lot of like online consulting firms and stuff in terms yeah. of the people and the strategy and the comp plans, everything. She's yeah. phenomenal. I've worked with her for years. So something I've worked with her a lot on from the marketing company yeah. is building comp plans that really incentivize the actions we want to see. With salesperson, it's closed deals. With client success, it's retention. It's this, right? It's all these different things. Um, so when I was switching to W2, I was like, I, I know I want to be able to do the same thing. And that, that, that incentive is intrinsically there with subcontractors, right? Because I'm saying, here's four grand for this job. If they finish it faster, they're making more per the time they spent. If they do a great job, they're going to get more work from me as the business. Like it's, it's intrinsically there already just by the nature of the setup. It's not there with W-2s. And you see this all the time. I saw it all the time through our clients' businesses of, you know, oh, our guys are just milking the clock. They're just, they're, they're, there's no motivation. There's no pep in their step. We're going to go over on, on our budget for this. The job costing is going to be crap, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You saw it time and time again. And then two, again, as I'm working with this portion of the workforce, I see more of that. I see less of that when I'm you know, interviewing the person making six, seven grand a month in the office. It's just, I don't know, it's just not talking down on anybody. I love everybody, but like, it's just how that's been. So I knew I wanted some sort of performance-based pay. I knew I wanted to incentivize them towards actions that moved the needle for the business, which is not just hours, a number of hours worked. So we tested a bunch of different bonus structures. Um, we got our ass kicked with a bunch of them too. Um, and uh, we finally got this one that's that's working pretty dang good, um, where really, in, in, in very short, simple terms, each project gets assigned a certain amount of budgeted hours, which is just based off math and our average labor rate and whatever. Gets assigned a certain amount of budgeted hours to the team. They know that ahead of time. This was a big piece we messed up early on is our painters didn't have transparency around it. So it was always just a carrot on a stick. They, they felt like they were being lied to, cheated. They didn't, know, they didn't actually know if they were going. It just felt like this mythical thing. Maybe one day we get it. Um, where now there's a bonus structure. They have transparency at least a day or two before. They know, they know the job. They see the photos. They know exactly what we're painting, and they know how many hours it's budgeted for. And every day they know where they're at with that. They have a KPI, just like a salesperson, just like another role. So they can see it. And then if they beat their budgeted hours, Right, the extra hours. Let's say it was budgeted for forty hours. They finished it in thirty. Those extra hours get distributed to them in a bonus. Um, there's more to it. There's the weight that gets distributed at, so it's all equal and fair. If somebody was sick one day, there's a yellow slip system in case there's callbacks and people have to, you know, come back because that's the con, right? Is what if everybody just rushes through it to beat their hours? So there's a lot of pieces to it, but that's the the core structure at it. At, yeah, at yeah. Score. I think it, I think what you're doing is creating a really cool solution to a not a problem, but just this gray area. It's like, man, like 
you want your you want your team to be motivated to move fast but you also like understand that like would you move extra fast for nothing <laughs> like you know like i yeah. mean would you like there's got to be something there um and i personally i don't have a bonus structure i think for me we've made it so far because um i kind of pay well up front um and there's just this very heavy understanding of our timelines that like that's kind of the gear that we're in it's like they just know that the, that's my job is to hit these timelines so some people will argue it's like why are you bonusing people to do their job you know um and well, you did here's this out the thing people. out of the gate and look you can absolutely build an awesome company without a bonus structure right we were just talking to a guy the other day that does like 11 million a year no bonus structure or anything all w2 right, right? no kidding but yeah. Yeah, so to totally possible. Um, here's 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 what I found. Right uh, again, I want to incentivize the actions I want to see. So I'm not necessarily right. incentivizing them to do their job. Let's say a, a project is budgeted for sixty hours. If they complete it in sixty hours, I'm saying, good job, you did right. your job. Congratulations, you didn't get any extra. You can, but if you exceed expectations, so my expectations were this job is budgeted for blank hours, is that you complete it in that amount. Well, then if you exceed expectations, you can get paid more, right? We get paid by the value we provide to the marketplace as a business or as an employee to our employer and job. Well, if you can provide me more value, I can pay you more. If you can right. get things done faster with the same level of quality, you can get paid more. If you get more five-star reviews, you can get paid more, right? right? If you get leads for the business, you can get paid more. Like, so I, I just, I, I incentivize the pay so that as they provide more value to the business, they can get paid more as well. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's like you're adding value to the business. And I do give incentive if they upsell something in my company. Yeah. Um, they get 10% of anything they sell on the job. They get uh, $25 per review. So there's some incentives there, but the yeah. performance pay and the hourly pay, because now let me ask you this, because this is the other side of the coin. What if it goes above? the allotted hours how do you handle that great question so if it goes above the allotted hours uh <laughs> if it goes above the allotted hours there's not necessarily a consequence right it's something we're monitoring uh -oh. carefully right so if a crew goes above hours a couple like consistently we're auditing that and looking at that and having a conversation the way i've designed the structure is so that they should be bonusing on like 80 to 90% of projects. So basically what I've done just for real, real simple math, because everybody knows this example, I took a four hour bedroom example, quote unquote, right? The 12 by 12 to 15 by 15 bedroom, a couple right. pieces of furniture to move, a couple nail pops, et cetera. The Nick Slavic four hour bedroom. I took that example and went, okay, somebody that has passed an apprentice in our company that they're at least at what we call painter level, they can do a right. four hour bedroom consistently. Well, when we sell that four-hour bedroom at the price we're selling it for and the percentage of that cost we can associate to labor, we're going to give them about six hours to complete that four-hour bedroom. So you beef so it up even, a little. Oh, yeah. So even if stuff goes wrong, even accounting for some extra prep time, et cetera, even with a little bit of inefficiency, they should still hit a like they should hit bonuses on most projects. Now, obviously, sometimes we give a little discount to customers, this, that. There's going to be things that 
some projects are going to be a little harder than others. Certain projects you look at, you're like, oh, this is a home run. The team's yeah. just going to team's going to make bank on this. Um, but yeah, that that's how we account for that. Like with that in mind, they're they're not normally going over. Um, so if they go over, there's no consequence except for we're watching it carefully and we may have to have obviously a tough conversation at that point if it's consistent. But if they have a callback, that's where we have yellow slips. Right. So if they just rush through a job and they crush it and they all make an extra five bucks an hour, but then we have to come back, there's a yellow slip. So the team that's responsible for that yellow slip goes out and fixes it. Right. And the hours that they spend driving there, fixing it, et cetera, those hours are tracked as a quote unquote yellow slip. And then those hours are taken out of their next week's bonuses. So if they make 20 an hour, they spent five hours there. Fixing that a hundred bucks would be taken out of the yeah. following week's bonuses. Yeah. All right. So, so there's some I like accountability. About, what I like about what you have and like, I mean, someone listening to this is probably like, dude, there's no freaking way I'm going to be able to track all this stuff. <laughs> like, and even like, that's yeah. going to be the drawback I think. And at least even for me, I'm thinking it's a lot of, that's a lot of tracking of different things. So you have a team that's helping you tell me about the office team and what, like what that dynamic is like. Um, it's a virtual team that, is is like pathfinder corporate so tell me tell me what that looks like <laughs> yeah so we do we have a team behind us um some that are just painting a couple that kind of blend back and forth um our tech guy has he's primarily on the marketing side but he helps on the right. paint side here and there and he built to your point he built this whole sheet so we have a sheet partially in inspired by slavic and his jump sheet i'm sure people are maybe familiar with that from his previous ask a painters but i basically took his jump sheet and recreated it into a structure that made sense for me and then recreated right. the bonus structure inside of the jump sheet so all that stuff we were talking about with the yellow slips and tracking the hours and then the bonus per hour because what if somebody was sick one day etc and they're at a different hourly rate than this person all that's done automatically through some code my tech guy built into this spreadsheet so to that point all we're doing is literally plugging in they worked eight hours this day that's it yeah making it a lot it. simpler making so, easy, good tracking system right on yeah and that will be in that uh master class we're gonna give that template away so if anybody's listening and wants that hit me up um yeah but in terms of the rest in terms of the rest of the team yeah we have a appointment setter right somebody that's calling all of our leads um booking appointments for the sales team she's in mexico right outside puebla um <laughs> we have <laughs> just casually right uh hanging out in mexico. but we have <laughs> we have our sales guy who actually lives two hours south of cleveland down in columbus um we have our recruiter slash project coordinator um who's over in kansas right outside kansas city um and then eventually as it grows that'll be two roles right she'll move into full-time recruiting and again we'll probably hire somebody in latin america overseas to do the project coordination and the scheduling um and that's what the office team looks like and then obviously i do yeah, a little bit so, of that kind of fill so in what the i'm hoping GM to role. do here is just kind of like look virtual sales is on the way it is and i think you're really doing a great job of leading the way in that. I'm proud of you for that. You kind of helped me shake some of my limiting beliefs um, <laughs> of how virtual sales can, I mean, you're running the whole company virtually aside from obviously the painting soon. AI <laughs> will be able to do that and you won't have it to even need painters. So, uh, but what's cool is man, is that like really what I'm hoping to open up the doors here is like, there's people operating at such a different level 
right now. Like, and I think just you got the VA in Mexico, you're positioning all these pieces to be able to create a culture virtually and it's working. Um, so that's really something worth talking about, man. And I know you're going to be doing yeah. a lot of educating on the topic. Um, again, I don't think this will be out by the time it'll be okay for us to promote this, but how can, we, how can they reach you, man? What's the best way? Yeah. Um, ooh. So wait, yeah. What time is this going out? By the time this goes out, by the time this probably, goes out, we'll probably, probably have everything first. changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll have everything changed by now. At least we should. So it'll be at Eric the Painter on everything. Okay. Eric the Painter on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, Eric the it. Painter, <laughs> who doesn't paint. Um, <laughs> who doesn't really paint. <laughs> yeah, doesn't really paint. But no, I, I think, but also from the perspective of, look, like if you, if you're listening to Eric, you're like, dude, I like this guy's vibe. He can help you with um, marketing, Facebook ads, building your reputation online. That's his specialty. Um, and also the coaching and we have a couple minutes, but how has being a painting contractor helped you be a better coach in your weekly masterminds that you do for your, your marketing clients? Yeah, it's totally changed it in, in kind of ways I didn't expect, but it's been really cool where, We've always been able to coach on sales, right? Like my, my sales coaching methodology hasn't necessarily changed since before I started the painting business, but now we have examples. Right. Now I have right. uh, like case studies, right? And real tangible stories. And I say, hey, you know, John, I know what you're saying, but I just talked to a customer the other day and it was, the, and this is how I handled it, right? So there's real stories. We've, we've actually like, because our estimates are virtual too, they're super easy to record, right? So we've reviewed like our, our estimates and our quoting process. And here's, here's me closing a deal with this process. Look at how I say this, listen to how I go through it, et cetera. And then as we're rolling out the other stuff too, right. As we, you know, finally have a bonus structure that like really, really works. We're like here. Right. And just as we're figuring stuff out and as we're confident in it, you know, it's kind of crazy. I was talking with the team a little while ago. I was like, cause every, every Thursday on our Thursday coaching calls, we do like a structured training where there's some sort of topic, at least for the first half that we teach on or whatever, we bring in you or a guest speaker or somebody. And through those Thursday sessions, as we've rolled out stuff from our painting business, it's like we almost created accidentally like a mini like how to start a painting business course, you know, yeah. like how to organize, <laughs> how, to, how, to, how to do the yeah. business side of painting, uh, right. of running a painting business. And that's been super cool and really topic. fulfilling being able to. Yeah. yeah like yeah. We, I was just on a call with a client the other day who was like super amped. He's like, I want to double my ad spend, scale up, like we're crushing it, all this sort of stuff. And I ran through stuff with them. I was like, dude, your gross profits. No, you're going to, you're going to tank yourself. Like you're gross. We need to fix gross profit first. And being able to see that now really operating the inside of one. It's, yeah. it's really like cool. a, it's really fulfilling. You're like a mastermind, man. You have both ends of this, this spectrum, the marketing side and the painting side, ton of value, man. Um, this was a rapid fire podcast really just to come out, you know, get your voice heard. I think you're a great person. I, I think you're a genuine guy um you don't really get a lot of credit for anything you just you know give give and share it's like oh you know we had a conversation the other day about like just things that you created that people take credit for and you're humble oh, dude. um but i just want to put dude, you out literally there, really. my 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 mom texted me the other day and was like another copycat and sent me a screenshot of somebody copying our ads and so like yeah, well, even my like, mom sees it, it. it's it's I mean, wild look, people, I, I see it like this man if people are copying what you're doing then you're on the right path and i always say this 100%. like when i have these conversations i said you're innovative right like whatever they're copying is two steps behind you 
Um, so like I said, man, being an innovator, being a leader, moving the needle, changing the limiting beliefs, creating the virtual teams, building processes for W2 bonus structures is all good stuff, man. Um, a lot of people worry about how they're going to keep their team motivated day after day, after day, after day, after day. And it's like, this is a strategy that creates some variable, creates some incentive and, and motivates people. So anyway, I love it. If you want to meet with Eric or talk to him at Eric, the painter on all socials, um, hire him for marketing, jump in with his masterminds, buy his courses, get involved with him. That's it. I appreciate Thanks, you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, my man.